This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome in to Outkick the Show, historic, and I don't say that lightly, historic edition. I have got, first of all, I love all of you on YouTube, appreciate all the comments. You guys are my favorite. Also, don't mind you on Twitter uh, and uh, and everywhere else, Facebook, uh, wherever else people are watching right now, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, as I am speaking to you, Donald Trump is just pled not guilty to 34 felony counts uh, inside of New York City court on the 15th floor of the Manhattan courthouse. If you were just listening to us from Clay and Buck, you know that we had our producer, Allie, on the ground outside of that courthouse reporting. Uh, There is a camera inside of that courthouse that MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and probably every other uh, major American media outlet is feeding right now to their audience. Trump has not yet left the court uh, room. He has been in there for around 30 minutes. He has been in the New York City courthouse uh, for around an hour and a half, arrived through a fist up, waved to supporters. Uh, if he starts to address anyone, then uh, I will stop this show. I will watch that and we'll react to it tomorrow. But I think it's a sad day for the country. For 240 years, since 1783, when we officially won our independence from England, no president has ever been charged with a crime, past or present. Certainly no president currently running as the chief political uh, favorite of one party or the other has ever been charged with a crime, to say nothing of this particular crime itself. Now, to be clear... I have not yet read the indictment. The indictment is out. I will read that. We'll be breaking it down in detail tomorrow on Clay and Buck. But it appears to be essentially what everybody expected. 34 felony counts surrounding Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. Payments combining $280,000, 130K to Stormy Daniels, 150K to Karen McDougal to prevent those women from telling the stories of their alleged sexual relationships with Donald Trump. Now, this is legal analysis. This is a state court charge, right? It is not a federal charge. This is significant because in a state court charge, uh, I've not even seen exactly how they're going to try to rise this to a felony level. But what I will tell you in general is this. Trump would have committed a federal election violation if he used campaign funds to pay Stormy Daniels or Karen McDougal to keep their stories quiet. He did not do that. They're also now arguing that Trump violated the law by paying his own money to these women. To me, this is a victimless crime, by which I mean this. Stormy Daniels was paid $130,000 to keep her story quiet. Uh, Karen McDougal was paid $150,000. Both of those women received the money that they were promised. They then broke their non-disclosure agreements, which is what they were being paid for. 
Again, this is important, and I think a lot of people are missing it. Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal were paid not to tell their story. They took the money not to tell their story, and then they violated the NDAs and told their story anyway. They broke the contract that they signed. This is a victimless crime, but if anyone is the victim here, it's actually Trump because Trump paid for these women's silence. They promised they would stay silent, and then they broke their NDA and told their story anyway. So Trump gave them money and received nothing in return. They breached the contract. If anybody is uh, the victim here, again, it's Trump. Who is the victim that Alvin Bragg is trying to protect by deciding to elevate these charges to felonies? I can't even think of anybody. I mean, he might be trying to protect the hurt feelings of left-wingers, but there's no justification legally for these charges. Now, I hope that when Trump comes out, this is the advice that I would give him. And if you see me looking to the right, it's because I've got the televisions on and I want to see when Trump officially exits the the courtroom to see whether or not he's going to address people or whether he's going to get on and, you know, leave the courtroom and fly down to Mar-a-Lago and talk tonight. My point on all of this is, to me, this is an opportunity for Trump to rise above the victim ideology. If I were advising Donald Trump here, I would tell him to walk out and say, this is a direct attack on me because of my political beliefs. They are trying to humiliate me. They are trying to embarrass me. They are trying to keep me from being the nominee for the Republican Party. And what I want all of you to think about is the 240 years of American precedent that has now been broken. Hillary Clinton lied. Bill Clinton lied. Richard Nixon lied. Just in the last 50 years, none of them have ever faced any criminal charges for their lies. No presidential candidate, no former president has ever been charged with a crime before. This is what happens in banana republics. This is what happens in third world countries. Many of you came to America specifically to avoid this happening. Venezuela, Cuba, Russia, China, all of you with backgrounds in those countries recognize what is going on here. The chief political proponent, my rival, Joe Biden, and his political party are trying to put me in jail because they're afraid of me. I speak for all of you. I stand between you and tyranny. I stand between you and authoritarianism, totalitarianism, the use of all of our governmental apparatus to come after political opponents. I think that Hillary Clinton is a liar. I think that Bill Clinton is a liar. I don't just think that. It's proven. Neither of them ever faced criminal charges. In fact, Bill Clinton sitting at the Resolute desk, got a blowjob from an intern. He then lied about it. On his final day in office, he paid a $25,000 fine and agreed to relinquish his law license. That's the punishment that he got. I haven't done that. I haven't even come close to doing that. All I have done is decide, when I came down that escalator for the first time in 2015, that I was going to stand for exactly what I believed. 
And ever since I came down that escalator in 2015, I have been the primary target of the Democrat Party, and they've been willing to do any and everything to me and my family to try to put us in prison. But I'm still here. And I didn't have to do this. I was a billionaire. I was well-liked. I could have ridden out the rest of my life and never needed to step into the political arena, but I couldn't do that because I saw what was happening to our country. And as a result, Democrats have been terrified of me. They lied about my campaign in 2016. They rigged the 2020 election rules to barely beat me by the slimmest of margins. 20,000 people changed their mind. I'm still president right now. And I'm going to kick Joe Biden's ass in 2024. And then, this is me talking as Trump, I would pivot and I would actually, and again, this is me speaking as Trump, I would say I'm no longer going to attack my, my rivals in the Republican primary because I have recognized that what is at stake is far bigger than any disagreements I might have with my Republican rivals for the nomination. This is about Joe Biden trying to destroy America, and I will not let him do that. From this point forward, I will not speak an ill word about any other Republican, I'm going to be bigger than that. I'm going to go directly to war with Joe Biden. This general election campaign, in my opinion, starts right now. I will be the Republican nominee. I will beat Joe Biden, and I will return sanity to America. That is my promise to you. That is the address that takes this, what I believe is colossal mismanagement by, Repu by Democrats, and turns it into a massive advantage for Donald Trump. Is Trump disciplined enough to do that? I don't know. Trump has been, as you guys well know, a bull in a china shop. He often gets to the right results, but he breaks a ton of things along the way. That's frustrating. I understand it. Can Trump be disciplined, recognize the historic nature of these charges against him, also understand what that represents in terms of a threat to our national uh, our national fabric as a republic democracy, if he can recognize that and if he can rise to the level that we need when it comes to these unprecedented charges, then I think Trump will not only be the Republican nominee, I think he'll beat Joe Biden. But if he uses this to wallow in despair, to argue that he is a perpetual victim, then I believe it will actually work against him. So the question is for Trump, can he rise to the moment and deliver a sterling address, which not only would speak to his supporters, but also would motivate some people who may be relatively indifferent to politics, maybe even a lot of those recent immigrants, which I think it would surprise people if he addresses, about why this represents such a historic and unprecedented threat to our democracy. Democrats have been arguing that January 6th, 2021 was an unprecedented attack upon our democracy, the greatest since the Civil War. That's what the Biden administration has tried to argue. I would suggest to you that today, April 4th, 2023, is much more of a threat to American democracy than anything that happened in January or anything that Trump has said in the wake of the 2020 election. If Trump can rise to that level and make this case, and we'll see whether he can when he comes out of this courtroom and or when he addresses the nation tonight at Mar-a-Lago, then I believe he will return to the White House and be the nominee in 2024, if he can. 
then I think this debate is going to turn into DeSantis versus Trump. And as I've told you from the get-go, I believe whoever the Republican nominee is will beat 82-year-old in 2024 Joe Biden in this presidential election. So let's see exactly what happens. It's a sad day. It's an unprecedented day. It's a historic day. And look, I think you have to think probabilistically. Anyone who tells you that they know exactly what the impact of this is going to be is, I think, a fool. I think they're charlatans. We don't know. We've never seen this before. In two years' time, you can come back and listen to this and you can say, well, this was the day that Trump won the 2024 election. Or you can make a case. This was the day when Democrats stacked the deck against Trump and they followed it up with charges in Georgia and they followed it up with Department of Justice charges uh, in their special counsel investigation. And enough Americans just said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the Trump show. I'm tired of the reality show that I want to turn the page to something else. I would tell you right now, as we speak on April 4th, I think these charges benefit Trump immensely. And if he responds to them as I told you that I think he should, if he does that, then I believe he will ride into the White House again and win in November of next year. Now, a lot of crazy things can happen. Nobody foresaw COVID. If we've been talking in January of 2020 or even early February, I was down at the Super Bowl in Miami. I felt Trump was going to win comfortably in November because everything was going great. Then COVID arrived. I think Trump would have beaten Biden soundly if COVID didn't happen. So maybe the Democrats have another trick up their sleeve. Maybe there's something else crazy that's going to happen in the next year and change. But one year from now, we will know probably who the Republican nominee is for president. We may know far sooner than that. We will see what ends up happening uh, as all of this continues to play out. And Trump, as we are speaking right now, remains inside of that courtroom. Again, he has pled not guilty to 34 felony counts. He's also, not surprised, I advise this, he's also put mugshot t-shirts up for sale. We don't know, at least I haven't seen, whether Trump officially got a mugshot taken. There have been conflicting reports on this. The picture that they put up is an old picture that they turned into a mugshot, but Trump is now raising money by selling t-shirts of his mugshot. I don't think this is going to hurt Trump, certainly with Republicans, at least not in the short term. So that's my analysis. We did three hours of analysis for those of you out there um, uh, that, uh, that have been paying attention to this case. I told you from a legal perspective, I think there's statute of limitations issues. I think there are likely to be uh, questions about whether or not these charges are even legally supportable. Uh, I also believe um, that, uh, that this is going to be a legal issue that is going to be decided probably by judges. Remember, judges decide issues of law. Juries decide issues of fact. I would expect that Trump will file a litany of motions, including a request for a new venue uh, because the Forum of Manhattan, New York City, is not particularly uh, favorable to Trump given how much he lost the election in New York City. The jury is likely to not be predisposed towards Trump. So all of that worth keeping in mind. We have crossed the Rubicon. For those of you who are 
fans of ancient history, we are in truly uncharted waters. We have never seen this situation arise in the entire history, 240 years of the United States. Buckle up. It's going to be wild from here. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Uh, UConn, much less serious. Uh, UConn beat San Diego State last night to win its fifth title since 1999. Uh, an incredibly uh, incredible accomplishment for UConn in the space of a little over 20 years to have won five titles, to go from zero to five. Uh, it was not a particularly close game, not a particularly enjoyable game. I did appreciate the fact that we hit a couple of wins. We hit the over and we hit UConn to cover, which I had been hoping uh we're going to get a couple of wins because we had a rough sweet 16. Uh, I don't have any massive grand takeaways uh, from UConn, San Diego State, except that in general, people say they love upsets, but the ratings reflect that most people actually want to watch the Blue Bloods by the time the Final Four gets here. So the number of viewers, as I told you, if you wanted to go to the Final Four in Houston, it's rare that tickets are as cheap as they were because San Diego State, FAU, UConn, and Miami are not monster fan bases. And so it was relatively easy and relatively inexpensive to get in and watch uh, this game. And so I hope uh, you guys, if you were there in Houston, enjoyed it. Uh, but I suspect that the full-on ratings will be lower than many anticipated. Opposite of that, women's championship, LSU-Iowa, 9.9 million people watch. Now, to be fair, this aired on ABC, uh, which is relatively never occurred before for the women's championship, at least that I'm aware of. Uh, broadcast television, biggest audience ever for a women's basketball game. Credit the continued fallout of the Caitlin Clark versus Angel Reese drama. The, you can't see me. Uh, the, uh, the the trash talk. Caitlin Clark has gone on ESPN and said, let me see if I get this quote right, because I want to make sure that I get it right. Uh Caitlin Clark said, I don't think Angel should be criticized at all, no matter what way it goes. She should never be criticized for what she did. I compete. She competed. It was a super, super fun game. I think that's what's going to bring more people to our game. Again, direct quote from Caitlin Clark. This is great. Look, people get mad at me sometimes. Conflict is good. Conflict creates eyeballs. Look at what's going on in politics. Republican versus Democrat. Pick a side. People pay attention. Caitlin Clark versus Angel Reese. LSU versus Iowa. More people, because of this controversy, care about women's college basketball than have ever cared about women's college basketball before. Eyeballs, controversy, it all adds up. Trump has said, I've said there's no such thing as bad publicity as long as you're facing jail, t- as long as you aren't facing jail time. Let me repeat. There's no such thing as bad publicity as long as you aren't facing jail time. Trump actually may prove me wrong there because he's facing jail time 
and he may get elected president of the United States even while facing jail time. So it's possible Trump's going to prove me wrong there. And my statement, basically, if there's no such thing as bad publicity unless you're facing jail time, is wrong. There may be, I think Trump has modified it and said the only, there's no such thing as bad publicity uh, unless you're like called a pedophile. Um, maybe that's the way you have to think about it now, but it is pretty extraordinary uh, that Trump, as we are speaking right now, this has been a long hearing, by the way. We're almost an hour into this hearing uh, because Trump entered into that courtroom a little bit after 3.30, two, uh, a little bit after 2.30 Eastern, and we're now coming up on after 3.20 Eastern. So nearly an hour he has been in that courtroom. But Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, best thing that's ever happened to women's basketball. I would toss this out. I've seen other people suggest it. To me, it's a no-brainer. The kick, the tip-off game for women's college basketball should be a rematch of LSU versus Iowa to start women's college basketball this offseason when they return in November of 2023. I'd also point this out. I don't know how active the transfer portal is uh, in women's college basketball, but I think it's fair to say that Caitlin Clark's Iowa team is not the most talented basketball team in the country. Caitlin Clark may be the most talented individual player, but the rest of her surrounding cast, not the most talented in college basketball. I don't think that's a radical proposition. I think most of you would agree. Why wouldn't you want to play with Caitlin Clark and Iowa if you could? If you are a star athlete, LSU basically remade their team through the transfer portal. If you're a star women's athlete, why wouldn't you want to play alongside of Caitlin Clark, especially in an NIL era, given how many of your games would be on television and how much you could grow your personal brand? That matters a lot in women's college basketball and also, frankly, in women's basketball because the players don't tend to make that much money. So if you had the opportunity to go play for a team that everybody was paying attention to, why wouldn't you do it? It feels to me like an absolute no-brainer. You should 100%, if you had that opportunity, go play with Iowa or, for that matter, LSU. I don't know how many spots they have, but LSU's already hit the transfer portal hard because controversy means more people pay attention to you and more people paying attention to you means, as a general rule, more money you make. That's especially the case in women's college basketball because women's pro basketball, the salaries are not that high. So you could actually make more money in NIL by having a lot of followers on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. To me, it feels like a smart play beyond a shadow of a doubt. All right. Uh, Trump has still not spoken uh, we'll react to this certainly tomorrow. I'll be on Fox News early in the morning. I am scheduled, I think, at 8.40 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be reacting to this and more. Uh, and certainly, Clay and Buck, most listened to, biggest radio show in the country. We'll be talking about this a lot tomorrow as well. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick, the show. <laughs>